Do you think about making dynasty trades even while watching football games? Are you thinking of player values when you should be thinking of family values? Then you may have a trading problem. Don't worry, you're not alone. I am Dynasty Outhouse and I have a trading problem. And I'm Brian Haar and I also have a trading problem. Join us for the Trade Addicts podcast where you can be with like-minded people and talk about everything in the NFL in the context of dynasty trade values. News and notes, make amends, keep trade buys, all these things we will cover every week. And don't forget Trade Addicts trades. So when you're done listening to this fine DLF family podcast, please tune into the Trade Addicts podcast. Thank you and enjoy your podcast. You're at the dynasty crossroads that film and analytics create. The dynasty crossroads that film and analytics create. Peter crunches numbers and Jake just grinds that tape. Hello and welcome back to the Dynasty Crossroads. My name's Peter Howard at PA Howdy on Twitter. My co-host Jake Anderson at Jake Anderson FF on Twitter is not here. Not here. Um, one day you'll be surprised, I'm sure. Um, it's pretty difficult, and I'm sorry. I'm sorry if uh, Jake not being here is throwing anyone off. Um, I've tried to put out a good show every week. Um, but I know it's difficult. Podcasts usually have a regular schedule, even um, during the season. And where I've mostly been by myself, it's kind of been, you don't know what you're getting every week. My hope has been that that has improved the show. You know, you tune in every week, hopefully, and um, you don't know what you're going to hear. It's, I try to make it something different, something that not every podcast is talking about. Um, and sometimes the unexpected uh, can be exciting, or at least um, something a little different to listen to. Uh, hopefully, well, eventually Jake will be back, and we'll get back to talking about one player at a time, breaking them down from two different perspectives. Jake mostly talking from a film perspective, me mostly talking from an analytics perspective. Um, it made the show more regular and scheduled, and I really think we always got into interesting conversations, and hopefully we'll get back to that sooner rather than later, but Jake's honestly got a lot he's dealing with right now, and so I'm just trying to keep it alive until he can get back and make it good again. Um, this week, I, I blanked. I tried for hours to come up with a subject that was interesting, slightly different, that worked as just me talking into a microphone, and completely struck out, like two days, two days in a row. So eventually I went to Twitter and asked, and I got a few great suggestions, obviously because everyone's better at this than me, um, but one that came up from uh, our very own... Uh, well, fan of the show, and I'm a fan of his show. Um, he's on a tale of two rivals. His name's Dave Wilson. Um, it's a great podcast, and I really enjoy talking to the spaceman uh, about fantasy football. And he pointed out that I just updated my two QB Dynasty League football Superflex ranks. And since this is uh, uh, this podcast is a member of the DLF family of podcasts, it kind of you know it's kind of on brand. Um, but me being me, and again, staying on brand, I didn't just want to talk about my ranks process or something rather droll like that. So what I did is I went and made a spreadsheet, obviously. Um, I, I dragged all the 2QB ranks from DLF Football for right now. They've all been updated relatively recently. The one, the, the oldest is from the 18th of October. Mine's uh, recently been updated again today as I was looking at it. So November 2nd, um, and the other one was updated on the 27th of October, so relatively with all in the last 10, 20 days or so. 
Um, and so that's 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 pretty good. I think we've got a pretty good idea of where most people are ranking in two QB leagues right now, with mine being the most recent update because I was preparing to do this show. DLF ranks are updated twice every month minimum um, for every type of category. We have at least three rankers. In, in Superflex, we only have three. We have the minimum, I guess. Um, normally, I compare my ranks to like the generic top 200 of all of DLF, but I thought it'd be interesting to compare them one for one, just looking at 2QB or Superflex ranks. Um, and what I also did is I took everyone's ranks and I created a positional rank, because I prefer looking at ranks especially... I mean, we can argue draft strategy and everyone who's ranking them, um, even within the 2QB ranks have their own draft strategy, and I think that affects how you rank, where you put quarterbacks, whether you put them higher or lower. Overall, in the top 150, depends how you would draft, generically from draft to draft. But of course, we know that's also draft-dependent. I mean, if everyone hammers QB earlier, your your QB ranks come up. And so I thought comparing the players positionally, so who has uh, Travis Kelsey as the tight end one, all of us, by the way, um, although I have put some thought into changing that, but for right now, he, he's a tight end one for all of us. Um, is more interesting than comparing whether you would draft him in the fourth round or the eighth round or wherever. Um, that's almost a different conversation right now. Right now, I think what's interesting or important at this part of the season is who do you have higher and lower within each position? And so what I did is I took all their ranks, created positional rankings, and then I looked where I was simply different from the average. So... I'm going to look at each position, both where I'm high and where I'm low, and mention some names that I thought were fairly interesting. Since it's uh, 2QB and Superflex ranks, I thought it'd be interesting to look um, at QB first. Now, I have some different ideas in draft order, but where we're looking, again, at positional ranks, that's not so much a factor. It's just how much you like these players compared to other players in Dynasty. So trying to put a longer-term edge to your ranks um, when you're looking at dynasty ranks for dynasty league football that makes sense and the QB I'm lowest on compared to the average is actually Jimmy Garoppolo which I actually have gotten several conversations with different people on Twitter about this season I'm just not seeing the upside and that's <laughs> terrible coming off probably one of his best games um last week I have him eight spots lower at QB in QB ranks um, compared to the average um, but I'm pretty much in line with one of the other rankers, Michael H, who updated on the 18th. He has him as QB 16. I have him as QB 23. So definitely someone you have to roster, but I've, di- I've got him at the lower end as a QB 2. Now that might mean I end up with a lot of Jimmy Garoppolo if everyone was following my ranks, because I kind of end, aim for that lower range uh, in my QB 2s and QB 3s. I try to hammer 2 or 3 in there when I'm drafting. But um, since uh, Michael H, it's just a bunch of Michaels and me, um, has him as QB9, that puts me eight spots below the average of all three of us. Now, I'm not. Jimmy Graham's going to be a fine QB. We're past 16 games in, and we can't say that's a regular rookie 16 games. He's had a lot more experience and been behind Tom Brady and on the Patriots for so long. He's a little more practiced, so those 16 games I think are more telling about his future. He's definitely got upside games in there, but I'm not seeing anything that would put him in a higher tier, like a QB that you can regularly depend on or ever risk being a top 5 QB. But as we mentioned and ranted about on Twitter a lot lately, that doesn't mean I know that for sure. I'm just trying to get ahead of the curve. I think he's more of his upside might not 
it's Philip Rivers. It's not that he plays like Philip Rivers, but it's a QB you're happy to hold. You can put him in every week. He's probably going to hold his job. You're not worried about again retired anytime soon. Although Andy Dalton and Joe Flacco just got uh, well, Flacco was put on IR, but um, unceremoniously dropped from our ability to play them. But um, but I I don't think he's going to be a large difference maker like an Aaron Rodgers or someone Baker Mayfield. I think could honestly be, and that just puts him in the lower tier for me, especially where everyone else is higher than him. I'm willing to let him go to other players. I that's just the way I'm playing it. So I'm not down on Jimmy Garoppolo and the NFL player, I think it's been overly promising. I just don't think from a fantasy perspective, playing at an extra price for that guy is necessarily worth it. But again, that depends how you draft. Um, the next guy I'm lowest on, I was actually surprised on, was Sam Donald. I'm seven spots below the average, and that's that's consistent. Both of the other rankers have him as like a top 15, top 14 QB. I have him um, in the middle of that 2B QB range. I'm just getting worried. I've seen a lot of good play from him. The Jets is obviously a terrible situation for him right now, but the team could improve. Um but honestly, what scared me and pushed his rank down was mono. And I know this, I'm not a doctor, but I, I've had people in my life with mono. I know it's debilitating, and I know it doesn't go away, and it can last years. So maybe that's just some bias there, and that's not fair on his skill level, because he's definitely shown more than QB21. But again, um, this just where the rank's baked out when I finish my rankings. Um, the third QB I'm lowest on is Josh Allen. I don't think I have to dig into that a lot. And again, it's just one ranker who happens to have him as a, uh, a number one QB. And both of us, other rankers, have him as a top 24. In fact, a top 30 quarterback. Um, it's a Blake Bortles play for me for Josh Allen. You've always got upside there. He's probably going to have the job, so he's not going to disappear this year or next year. So in Dynasty, that's probably fine. But like... I think he's getting points but not being good. And I hate to say that because we've been ragging on Josh Allen for so long and he's continually impressed with fantasy points at least. But I don't think the things he needs to improve on often get better once you get to the NFL and the higher competition level. And so I think you're mostly going to get be getting you know ugly fantasy points, which is great. You can get 30-point games out of him for cheap, but I want them cheap. I don't want to be spending a top 12 quarterback pick for those cheap points um, and eventually I think it whittles out like uh, like the bit Blake Bortles play so uh, that's the third QB I'm lowest on next it gets to like Dwayne Haskins who you know until I see something I just don't know so I'm lower then um, and that's probably enough since I'm doing a lot of different positions but those are the three quarterbacks I'm lowest on uh, so which are the three quarterbacks that I'm highest on let's reverse this here um, I'm actually higher than average on Philip Rivers, Jameis Winston, and Kyle Allen. In fact, I'm the only guy ranking Kyle Allen right now. And I know he Cam Newton's going to come back and take that job, but based on the most recent news, we don't know when. Um, he still hasn't practiced. That injury seems more longer term. But it's not really a fear of Cam Newton, I, I think. I don't know, but I think Cam Newton will be back eventually, and his upside will be back, and he'll be the Panthers QB. It's more just... While Kyle Allen hasn't been impressive, he's been decent. And decent quarterbacks are actually hard to find. If a team can find every QB play, they're often fairly comfortable with that. And since we're all fairly 
optimistic about Terry, Teddy Bridgewater's future based on what he was able to show. He came in, showed he's not a downfield guy, but he can definitely produce sustainable numbers for a team with lower ADOT production. He doesn't throw the ball down the field much. Like, that's what Kyle Allen has proved he could be to me, at least. In fact, Terry Bridgewater's got a better history of him because he was once a QB for a team and, again, was a top 15, 16 quarterback for them. So that's maybe why everyone has uh, moved up and Teddy Bridgewater might be, you know, targeted him as a stash in two QB leagues. But to me, Kyle Allen's kind of shown that upside too. Not going to pay a lot for it. He's QB 30 for me. But, like, I don't mind adding him late in a draft. Jameis Winston, I'm higher on just... It's the opposite... To be fair, that's the same as the Blake Bortles play, you know. His play isn't up to snuff, but there's always high volume and you're always getting numbers out of it. He's got two top 12 wide receivers right now, and that's not affecting his weekly production, to be fair. Um, So I should probably come down a little on Jameis Winston, actually, to be fair. I only have him as QB 19, though. He's, like, outside the top 12, outside the top 15. Um, And that's not so different from my other two ranker friends who have him as QB 25 and 30. Um, But it's just a little higher than the others. I guess I'm willing to take that risk in that range is what it is. And with Philip Rivers, I think it's just I'm never afraid of age. Like I don't play, don't like playing afraid. And I definitely don't like playing afraid of age because we normally get that stuff wrong. And especially quarterbacks who tend to play a little later. He is 37 now, so I kind of understand fading him in Dynasty. But for me, he's QB 14. I'm really happy if he's my QB 1 if I faded the top tier. So two players in that range for me is just fine. And because there is risk with an older QB or QBs in that range, I will, if I get a Philip Rivers, I normally uh, smash a second QB a little higher than ADP for my draft strategy, just to lock in some security. That doesn't help when you draft Andy Dalton and Joe Flacco, by the way. But I I just continue. Philip Rivers is fine. I think he's going to play this year and next year, and that's as far as I really, really care to worry about because of variance in life. I think looking further than that can be dangerous. Um, and again, that's significant. Like the average is uh, he's QB 20, where the two rankers have him outside the top 18 quarterbacks and I have him inside the top 14, exactly at QB 14. So I'm definitely higher than Philip Rivers just as a dynasty player to have in your roster. Um, uh, let's see. The other one that I wasn't surprised at, but did make me think... In mocks and new leagues this offseason, I'm probably going to end up with a lot of this quarterback. I'm actually higher on Baker Mayfield than the average. And one of the ranker has him inside the top 10. I have him as QB6. So I am four spots above the average for having Baker Mayfield. So I have him outside the top five. But I still continue to believe that the upside's there, even though pretty much everything this season has been worrying. I know we can make arguments and uh, discussions about his play this year. Um, you could argue, you know, he's been fine. That's not what I'm saying. Baker Mayfield has been very, very worrying from a long-term outlook based on his play. I don't think it's the wide receivers hurting him or the Browns. I think he's struggled this year, but it's his, he's in his sophomore season. We can kind of expect a little slump there. I'm making excuses. I haven't seen anything that proves Baker Mayfield can still be what I thought he could be, but I just... I want to hold on to that upside a little longer. And if I'm ever reaching up for a quarterback, that's what I want. I'm reaching up for mega upside because I'm almost never reaching for a quarterback. But where I have him higher and he's mostly ranked as like, you know, a top 12-ish 
low tier QB1 um, by consensus, and I have him in the middle tier, that probably means I'm going to be willing to draft him before most people in this offseason. Uh, I thought that was fairly interesting as well. Um, a, a brief look at what my offseason might look like anyway. So um, moving on to running back, Darius Geis. I'm actually lower on Darius Geis than everyone else significantly. Um, I have him 10 spots below anyone else. I have him as running back 31. I thought I was, I, it was fairly reasonable rank based on the way I do my tiers. Like he's clearly a very good target um, for upside in the future. And he actually might be back relatively soon, which is pretty impressive. A lot of people impressive impressing by getting back early from injuries this season um, from Emmanuel Sanders to Darius Geis. Um, but... I just want to see it. Running backs that don't do a lot early in their career, that's mostly when you get most of your production out of them in the first three years. And Darius Christ just continued to get on the field. I'm not a doctor, um, obviously, but the stuff I look at is always going to push him down until I can see some numbers um, to try and boost him up. Now, his talent profile from college is obviously still there, but he also dropped in the draft for reasons which might have nothing to do with his play. But that also hurts him from just a you know a base numbers standpoint, which is always where my start is. So I'm lower on Darius Geis, even though I agree with people reaching for him for that upside in the future. Um, Kerryon Johnson, I'm still lower than, than average. I don't know if anyone, they've just forgotten to update their Kerryon Johnson perspective. But uh, everyone else still has him as like a borderline top 12 running back. I had him outside of that and ranted and raved consistently this offseason about how that was just an insanely high place to pay for Kieran Johnson, even with mega upside. Like, a, a running back upside is the upside we want in Dynasty and Redraft, but I just didn't see it. Usage-wise, profile-wise, I, I didn't get there. And I still have him as, like, a really good top 24 running back, and I think this season just proved that. He's got weekly upside, but yearly upside just isn't there. The team alone just isn't going to do that for a running back. And Kerry Johnson probably never going to cross the target share threshold to become one of those top 12 guys, even though he's really, obviously, a very impressive player. So apparently um, 2019 hasn't convinced anyone of that, and I'm still there. Um, the next guy I'm lowest on was a surprise to me because it's the type of running back I actually kind of like. It's Tariq Cohen. I'm seven spots below average. While I love the player and I love that type of player, running back usage is team-driven. The team just clearly isn't giving him the targets he needs. He's getting targets, getting plenty of them, actually. But um, he needs to be used in a certain type of way to use his skill set, and the team isn't doing that. And eventually, I think teams being teams, they just fade players without production, without recognizing that the, the usage they were giving them was wrong. Teams don't admit they're wrong. It's the player that's wrong. Um, after that is, like, Kareem Hunt. I just don't know what to do with those plays, you know, especially running back talent. Willing to say Kareem Hunt is a very talented player, but running back is usage. Will he get the usage again? I know. The league seems to have given up and moved on from him. Um, but we'll see, maybe. Um, everyone else seems more willing to make that bet, I guess. Um... So running backs that I'm higher on, um, LaShawn McCoy, again, because I continue to be scared not of age. And also running back is such a this year play, and LaShawn McCoy continues to put up numbers. He's useful in our playoffs this season, um, and that's more important to me, I guess, even in Dynasty than most Dynasty rankers. I have him about 10 spots higher, running back 35. Chase Edmonds, I just continue to believe in that talent profile. We, we saw it for a game. 
he's injured running back his usage so maybe it will never happen but uh apparently i i rose my rank of um chase edmonds after that one game despite his fact he's now injured and he seems to remain consistent with the other rankers so uh that's why i'm higher than him also latavius murray i have him seven spots higher continues to have that promise of not a top 12 running back but definitely that kind of role and on the saints uh, as we we've seen this season when he's used that well with a really good team he has that upside um but just based on his skill profile he probably doesn't if he's not in an ideal situation and the minute alvin kamara comes back he's not in an ideal situation but i just think there's upside there i have him as running back 34 that's about seven spots higher um Moving into significant ranks, uh, one that I noticed with running backs I'm higher on significantly spending capital on based on my ranks. I have Aaron Jones as running back 11. Now, look, I've waited for Aaron Jones to be a top 12 running back forever. His entire career, I've been waiting for it. Um, And this season, I started to say, look, if he's not getting it yet, then it's not happening yet. The team's going to keep splitting with Jamal Williams. And I still think that's a real risk. But thinking about running back I think about this year like it might happen next game Jamal Williams goes off and Aaron Jones is part of that dual threat committee um, situation again but if he's not if he continues to somehow running backs do this very rarely but just by vent of his talent make the team insist that they use him more than other players like it's hard for a running back to do that but Aaron Jones really is talented enough to do it and he's last this season he's been doing it it's really impressive, um, and so I've actually started to fade back to my older version of Aaron Jones. So I have him as top 12 running back. No one else has him inside the top 19. If it happens, that's the running back you want. It's the running back that shouldn't, that we really started to fade on. The top 12 running back that no one else has a top 12 running back. That's one way of defining a league winner. And so I'm willing to, you know, once more ride the Aaron Jones train and hope it doesn't derail again. I'm also still higher on Austin Eckler. Again, I just like that type of running back. He's on a team that knows how to use him well, as we've seen. And, you know, uh, hopefully in the future we'll keep getting at least that floor of production. And so I'm like six spots higher than average. Wide receiver? Wide receiver sound fun? Okay. Uh, So the wide receiver I'm lowest on compared to consensus, just overall uh, position rank placements, is Marquise Brown. I really started to get excited a little bit by the targets he was earning. But he started to remind me of Sammy Watkins. Um, some players earn targets and they don't seem to almost deserve them. Um, I hate to say that about a rookie player because we really don't know what he can be. Mostly his targets have just been a positive sign, right? So, like, don't tilt on Marcus Brown, but just taking every wide receiver and who do I want more? He came out as wide receiver 42. I need to see something, positive efficiency, ability to use those targets to move them up. Otherwise, and I looked at my wide receivers and really dug into can I move them up anywhere. The only wide receivers ahead of them who I really consider moving up above is like um, Nikhil Harry, who's entirely unproven at this point. But I still really like Nikhil Harry, so I'm going to draft him earlier than, much, than most. And the other one was, who was it? Who's the other guy? He's just behind. Uh, oh, Michael Gallup. And again, I've just seen it from Michael Gallup. I'm really impressed. I'm really happy with what he's been doing. And so, but even those two spots wouldn't move him close to where the other rankers have him as wide receiver 25 and 12. I have him at 42. So, like, there's 
I'm just lower. I'm Marcus Brown. Um, he's not putting together what I want to see f- to move a rookie up st- into that significant starter category yet. Um, speaking of which, um, the guy he reminds me of is the next guy I'm lowest on compared to average. That's Sammy Watkins. I have him 14 spots below average. I'm just done. Look, there's weekly upside there. He's on the Chiefs, but pretty much... And again, this season, one thing I think we should think about with Tyreek Hill as well is everyone has weekly upside on the Chiefs. I think it's a lot of Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. I mean, both those guys made Byron Pringle and three other guys Tyreek Hill before Tyreek Hill came back. Now, Tyreek Hill's clearly got a skill profile that's in and of himself. He creates it. So he's good, in other words. But, like... Byron Pringle was they replaced him with Byron Pringle with one week player that was as marginally higher on compared to average before this and and so how much of it is the team and the quarterback I don't know with Sammy Watkins I'm willing to believe it's all that right now it's just his team and so he's he's gonna get targets over someone like Byron Pringle so he's the one that's got the upside but the player himself, just to me, is consistently proven he can't do it by himself, which is a shock to me. He had a decent college profile. He's a good NFL player. I'm not trying to be down on the player, but trying to think long-term a little bit. Like, I just want other players for now and later than Sammy Watkins. That's just where I'm at. Um, the next guy is Antonio Brown. I went from being the highest in the world, Antonio Brown, to not having him rank. I'm the, uh, I think I'm the only guy who doesn't have him ranked. I just don't play that will-he-won't-he-come-back game. I'm just willing to ride the probably not and who cares if he does kind of train. Um, And so, yeah, I just he's wide receiver 63 for me, but that's because I don't have a rank for him. I've ranked 62 wide receivers, so he comes out as wide receiver 63. The next player, um, and I was really surprised by this one, it's Kenny Galladay. I'm 11 spots below consensus. I have him as wide receiver 27. And this is another guy who went back to my ranks. It's like, who who can I push him over? And it's like Nikhil Harry. It's those upside guys I really still believe in. Um, and players who have proven to be as productive, if not more productive, than Galladay. I love Kenny Galladay. I'm not trading him away. I'm not trading him to you at a discount, just to be clear, if he's on my roster. But weirdly um there's just 26 more wide receivers i want either for upside or you know proven production over the last few years and that's where he is he's 11 spots below consensus in my ranks um dj chark is the next guy i'm low on which probably doesn't surprise anyone who's following me weirdly though i'm in the same range as everyone else so like i expected him to be the guy everyone else had in the top 12 and i had outside the top 24 but everyone like he's wide receiver 22 and 35 for the other rankers i have him at 39 so i'm actually kind of in line but he's still the fifth lowest on in my um difference compared to average ranks debo samuel again i was lower on the college profile nothing this season has really changed my mind to think he can be a top 24 guy he's definitely a good nfl player i think he's proven that he's going to be a uh, 30, top 36 fringe relevant player um, and I really enjoy watching him play too not that I do that because I'm a numbers nerd but um, obviously but still uh, I just I, I continue to not see the upside there and players I'm higher on pretty much everyone over the age of 35 I'm higher on than average or over the age of 30 because again I continue not to be scared by age so Golden Tate, Larry Fitzgerald, Emmanuel Sanders Marvin Jones is 29 so I have him higher um, than the average a lot 
Um, players that are perhaps more interesting. Well, John Brown, he's 29. I'm higher than him. Um, players that aren't 29 or over that I'm higher on. Um, Alan Robinson, he's 26 years old, just in case you're wondering. I have him as wide receiver 17. He's outside the top 35 for everyone else, which is just insane to me. That means that I should probably make more Alan Robinson trade offers, but the only... Every time I do that, the other guy who's got Alan Robinson obviously thinks more like I do. But that's this guy's a stud. He's in his window as well. Like, don't forget some of the best years for wide receiver productions are 25 to 28. It's not 22 to 23, the Odell Beckham years. Um, so Alan Robinson's got you have no problem over the next three years in terms of age. He's being really productive and really good on the team that's really struggling. Um, and that's just the story of Alan Robinson's career. But I just continue, continue to believe in that uh, profile. And again, in Dynasty, th this guy's not old, guys. Maybe we should go send out trade offers for Alan Robinson. Um, other guys that fit the group, I'm higher on Deontay Johnson. Again, I have him as wide receiver 50. Don't get me wrong, I'm not spending a lot on him if I'm trading for him. But I like him a lot. Um, and the other rankers haven't moved him over wide receiver 58. I have him like 10 spots above the next ranker. Um, Michael Gallup, I've already mentioned, I'm 8 spots higher than, than average. I have him as a top 24 wide receiver. Exactly top 24. So wide receiver 24. Um, DK Metcalf, like I know they just got Josh uh, Gordon and everything, but Metcalf's production, no matter what you think of it or him, or whether he can routes or turns like a submarine, if any other rookie player had put up those kind of numbers, I would, I'd still be victory lapping off the first match. Like if Nikhil Harry had done this, I, I would be, uh, I, I would be, what's the word? No one would be able to stand me, put it that way. Like, um, uh, it, was, it would just be the only thing I ever said on podcasts. So we've just got to give some uh, credit to DK Metcalf in his first year. This has been good. Um, he's been putting up good numbers and doing a good job for the team. And that's positive. And it fills in some of the answers and missing uh, years on his college profile uh, with positive news. Um, some more 30 and older guys that I'm higher on, like uh, Adam Thielen, T.Y. Houghton, uh, Julian Edelman. Um, and then you've got Tyrell Williams, Chris Godwin. I'm actually higher than on average. I am the only one who has him as a top 12 wide receiver, wide receiver eight. I get that it's difficult, but you, I mean, this year he's going to finish as a top five um top 12 maximum and um, he's 23 years old i just it's time it's time for me um i've moved up considerably on cooper cup as well um to wide receiver 10 if the other guys are going to fade and cooper cups can continue to produce and this team is no longer looking like a team that's going to produce top three top wide receivers it's looking like cooper cup and then occasionally robert woods and josh Hart and josh reynolds is okay when he fills in and um that's it you know um the story's changed and so so does my ranks and that means uh for me cooper cup's now a top 10 wide receiver uh, and that's insane compared to most rankers apparently all right um next position the one that continues to frustrate me the way other people play it and i said this was mike Kaseki, and i don't know if that is reading bad right now but i still have a lot of mike Kaseki because i got him cheaper than people were drafting him the year before this year at this point in the season, I'm now higher on the rookie tight ends than anyone else. So Noah Fant and TJ Hawkinson, I'm now one of the highest rankers um, because my rank didn't change. I was below everyone, and then everyone else has slowly fallen on them. But look, rookie season tight ends don't often break out, 
they don't often get the target share that Noah Fant's been getting. So I'm actually more impressed now with Fant than I was to start the season. He seems to have dropped back a bit in other people's ranks because he hasn't been doing much with them. But I was looking for different things, and so I stay a little more consistent and a little more positive on that end. And so TJ Hawkinson, I'm actually one of the highest on. Um, actually, no offense, I'm seven below average. <laughs> I was using the wrong name, sorry. Um, I have him as tight end 16. That could, should probably come up based on what I just said. Um, so just forget that one for a second. Um, I'm, I still remain lower than on Vance Donald than anyone else. No one apparently noticed, but the thing I said probably wouldn't happen didn't happen. Um, Matt Williams from um, FF Mercs, uh said he didn't like my evidence why it didn't happen but you know one way one way or the other it didn't happen um he's fine he's like a streamable tight end and that's what he's continued to be for the pittsburgh steelers strangely enough he didn't soak up every tight end target just because the steelers target the position at a high rate doesn't mean a player is going to earn a lot of that target share he's earned enough to be useful and that's good he's a great player but um he's just not going to be one of those guys that you become uh, you know austin hooper or uh, Darren Waller, it's just not there. So I like him, but I have him lower than average. Um, I'm actually lower on average than David Njoku, and that's I don't feel low on David Njoku. Um, I have him as tight end 12, and to me that's significant, but he's fallen outside those top 10. He didn't even fall, he was always around tight end 12 for me, I think. No, I might have had him in the top 5 at one point. Sorry. Um, Chris Herndon. Uh, also, I'm about four spots lower than... Again, I would like to see the get heart guy get healthy and play. Uh, that's it. Trey Burton, I'm lower on. I mean, I love undrafted free agents, and I moved him up just before the season started, purely for that reason. Um, he had a top 12 season. I think we should value that kind of a thing. But the team clearly just isn't going back to him anymore. Uh, Adam Shaheen, surprisingly, has not been the reverse effect, so I'm worried about Adam Shaheen as well, but most people don't rank him. Um, looking at who I'm higher than at the position, I'm actually higher on Dallas Goddard. Um, I have him as tight end 8. Again, it's rare that you find a player with top 5 upside at the tight end position. Um, clearly, Zach Ertz is still there. They're splitting the position. I'm not, I'm not much lower on Zach Ertz than I ever was. I just think Dallas Goddard's earning more of his own role. That's limiting Ertz's ceiling, but it's impressive for Goddard's future. And I, I definitely think I was lower than consensus on Goddard the most, just because I didn't believe he was just going to get a role just because we liked him. Zach Ertz was there. Um, I've been proven wrong, and yet uh, apparently uh, I, I'm now ranking him higher than everyone. Go figure. Uh, you've got a couple of old guys. Again, I'm always going to be higher on the old guys. Jimmy Graham, uh, Delaney Walker. Even though I'm really high on Jonah Smith, I'm actually three spots higher than consensus on Smith. Um, I'm three spots higher than consensus on Mark Andrews. Will Disley, just, it's dynasty, guys. Um, I, I think, I was really low on Will Disley, but what he did this season, I have to think some of that had something to do with him. Surprise, shocking, I know. Um, but uh, I have him as tight end 11 in dynasty. Obviously, you can't use him this year, but um, next year, when he comes back healthy, hopefully, um, I think he's a guy you probably want on your roster. Um, TJ Hawkinson, again, like I said, I'm actually higher in the consensus than him. Now I have him as tight end nine. I was really, I've been really impressed with all what these rookie tight ends have earned in terms of target share, and I'm not surprised by the lack of efficiency with it. So uh, I think that that trend will continue. Where by this off season, I'll be the one higher on the rookies and end up with a lot of them, like I did Mike Gesicki last off season. 
there's a few here, like uh, Gerald Everett, I, d- I have him as tight end 19, he's not someone I'm excited to have in my roster, but he continues to have a role in matchups, um, and as a young athletic guy, that's always interesting, he's 25 years old now, um, but I don't think he has top 12 upside, so I'm not exactly targeting him, but you know, if he hits a waiver wire again in my leagues at some point, I'll again end up with him on my roster, um, which is where I got him, I actually traded him away in a few leagues, because there is upside, and where the other wide receivers are fading on that team right now, Gerald Everett can continue to pick up more consistent target share. Um, again, it's kind of hinky to use these things, but I don't care about why, but guys Gerald Everett's size tend not to become top 12 wide receivers. Everything else is honestly there for him. If it was Jonas Smith's size, I'd have him uh, where I have Jonas Smith, who's actually about four or five spots higher in a tight end rank for me. But he he doesn't. That's and that's the only ding. And if that makes no sense to you, you think I'm believing in a trend that won't won't stay consistent, then you should be higher than me on Gerald Everett. Right now I'm higher than everyone else though, so apparently uh, no one else thinks that way. Um Alright. So that's all three positions, guys. I'm high on guys, I'm low on here in November, uh, in the middle of the 2019 season. Um, hopefully that provides some interesting buy sells or just an interesting way of thinking about uh or, or telling you how I think about um, certain players and how my rankings sometimes differ based on the way I think about players um, in Dynasty. Um, If not, well, then I'm sorry. I'll I'll get Jake back as soon as I can and we'll make it more interesting for you. Um, Thanks again for checking out The Crossroads. If you want to see this list, by the way, um, I'm going to post it on Patreon, then share that link on Twitter. So hit up my Twitter feed or my Patreon feed and you can see all the ranks and how I differ compared to the other two rankers. Um, Thanks again, and I will talk to you again next week here at the Crossroads. Yeah! Chicken or crow, chicken or crow, crossing the road, go. Clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, player unfolds, so. Jake on the table and Nate on the plays, though. Pete enumerates the plays, they're analytical. Picking my nose, don't really know if I like that. Picking their brains, got different lanes, but I like that. Picking these guys, all of these times, all of these nice stats. Picking apart, the film is an art, always a fight. Back and forth, there is no order, they disorder more and more. Because the players ain't no older, they some hoarders or some mortars. Dropping bombs without no borders, you got that, I, I like mortar. Peak grinding numbers like molars, I don't know anymore, I am at a crossroads. Chicken or crow, chicken or crow, crossing the road. Go, clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, play unfold. So, Jake on the table and Nate on the plays. No, Pete enumerates the plays are analytical. Chicken or crow, chicken or crow, crossing the road. Go, clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, play unfold. So, Jake on the table and Nate on the plays. No, Pete enumerates the plays are analytical.